This is Science Friday. I'm John Dankosky. And I'm Diana Plasker. Our next story takes us to New Zealand to meet a very special, quirky, and critically endangered parrot, the kakapo. It's the only parrot that walks instead of flies. It's almost as big as a chicken, and it kind of has the face of an owl with the body of Oscar the Grouch. In other words, they're perfect. But their situation is far from perfect. The kakapo population started crashing centuries ago, and at one point, they were teetering on the brink of extinction. But after decades of rallying to save the kakapo, New Zealand has reached a huge milestone. Four birds were brought back to the mainland, a place they haven't lived since the 1980s. My next guest has dedicated her career to saving New Zealand's birds. Deirdre Verko, Operations Manager for the New Zealand Department of Conservation's Kakapo and Takahi teams, joining me from Invercargill, New Zealand. Welcome to Science Friday. Hi, Diana. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. So can you give me a quick history of the kakapo conservation? Yeah, I can. So kakapo used to be prolific, so found right throughout New Zealand. Uh, and they were a real feature, uh, particularly of the night forest, really raucous, loud birds. But when humans arrived to New Zealand, their story changed. About 130 years ago, it was known that kākāpō had essentially disappeared from, from New Zealand. There was one man, man by the name of Richard Henry, who was New Zealand's first ranger, really, first conservation ranger. And he identified that kākāpō and other ground-dwelling birds like the kiwi were going downhill because they were being predated on by introduced mammals, um, particularly the stoat, which is in the mustelid family. And then, yeah, about 75 years ago, 1950 or so, uh, there were some huge efforts made to find what were thought to be the last living kākāpō deep in Fiordland, which is a crazy part of New Zealand, really remote. And over 60 trips were made by some pretty hardy people back then, uh, and they only found a handful of kākāpō. I think it was 18 all up, and unfortunately they were all male. But roll forward a little bit to around 1977, and there's a Stewart Island is the very right at the bottom of New Zealand and pretty remote place. Not many people go there, but the odd hunter uh, was starting to come back with some reports of booming herd down in the southern Stewart Island. And of course, booming is a, the noise that a male kākāpō makes in their breeding season. And sure enough, a small population of kākāpō was found to be still living down the bottom of Stewart Island um, in the south and a lot of work went into finding birds down there and in 1980 the first females were found and so that was a real turning point uh, for the for the species you know here was here was a species people were convinced was practically extinct and finally a few females were found so that was a real turning point uh, and so over the next few decades a lot of work was put in to try and rescue as many kākāpō from southern Stewart Island uh, and transfer them to safe predator-free islands because when they discovered that population in southern Stewart Island, they also discovered that they were being eaten by feral cats. Hmm. Uh, so they definitely weren't safe there. And so it was a lot of hard work. Kākāpō are very hard to find, hard to, um, you know, that very thick bush. They called it 10,000 acres of hedge. <laughs> so there was just a team moving through this hedge trying to find these completely camouflaged nocturnal parrots. Uh, and they managed over over a decade or two to transfer uh, 50 
Kākāpō to safe predator-free islands, and that was um, 1995 was really when the current recovery program kicked off from that low of 50 Kākāpō, and that included about 20 females. Amazing. And so your team just moved four birds from those islands to the mainland. What is the goal there? Why move them off of those islands back to the mainland? Yeah, so... Since 1995, we've been intensively managing kākāpō, or managing the nesting, really, and we have had some success. So we now have 248 kākāpō. Wow. They're still obviously very critically endangered, but much better than 50. We're making progress, and one of the challenges we now have on the back of that progress is we're actually running out of space on those predator-free islands. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. And so we really need to test some new habitat. And so this translocation to the mainland is into a fenced sanctuary. It's a huge fenced sanctuary in the middle of the North Island called Manga Tautari. It's a pretty amazing place, gorgeous bush, um, but it's surrounded by a 47-kilometre-long predator-proof fence, which is designed to keep predators out. So you mentioned this. These birds seem pretty elusive. They're camouflaged. They're nocturnal. How do you continue to study them? We've attached transmitters, like a little backpack style transmitter to to each bird that we have in the population. And yeah, we can follow, we can track their movements with the transmitters. Uh, We know if they're alive or if they've died. It's actually a bit big brother-like really with these transmitters. And we get these activity signatures from them daily. Uh, And that tells us a lot of information and all remotely. And we can download that every morning and see what the birds have been up to. So we get information on how active they've been and that's been incredibly useful we also learn a lot about their breeding with these activity levels really yeah (laughs) yeah they don't have much privacy (laughs) uh kākāpō when they mate so the males have this really intriguing breeding system it's called a lek breeding system and they dig these shallow bowls into the ground and they sit in these bowls and eat every night And they've got thoracic air sacs that they blow up, um, so they become like a little mini Swiss ball. They're quite large. And they sit there in these bowls all night, booming. Cool. Uh, And when they finally do get a mate, uh, their activity suddenly changes from being really still all night long to being suddenly quite um, energetic. And the activity signals detect that um, and... So we can tell who's mated with who, for how long, and it even gives us a score on their mating uh, strength. (laughs) So all of this information we can learn every morning when we wake up uh, and find out what's happened on the island the night before. It's all a bit of drama. Wow. I I don't know that I would want to be a kakapo in that situation exactly to be scored, but (laughs) it's good to know. Um, (laughs) So this effort was a partnership with Maori tribes, including Ngai Tahu. Is that right? Can you tell us about that partnership? Yeah. So Ngai Tahu are a Maori tribe in the South Island. And because kakapo were found in the South Island, the current population, Ngaitahu have a really deep connection uh, with kākāpō. They're part of their their family, really. They, they call it whakapapa, part of their family connections. They're very deeply spiritually connected to the land and to uh, the fauna. And so they call kākāpō a taonga, which is a treasure. Uh, and so we've been working really closely with Ngaitahu on Kākāpō recovery, uh, setting strategy, working um, side by side really on on bringing this bird back from the brink of extinction. 
And ideally, Ngaitahu would love to have kākopo recovered within their own area, within the South Island of New Zealand, but there are not a lot of areas that are currently suitable for kākopo in their area, and so the sanctuary that we've just translocated kākopo to is in the middle of the North Island, where there is a different um, collection of Māori tribes, and so Ngaitahu have developed a relationship with the tribes in the North Island uh, and it's been beautiful to watch, actually, just this really lovely development of relationships, uh, connections. And it feels like as you're restoring the life, they call it the modi or the life force of the kākopo, the kākopo is also restoring these lovely connections between the people. Ngaitahu were with us and we went together to transfer kākopo to the northern iwi. And the northern iwi tribes take kākopo care deeply um, as a deep responsibility, as if they're looking after their own children. So it's it's been this lovely exchange of guardianship or kaitiakitanga. So what's next for the kākāpō? Yeah, well, we've still got a long road ahead of us. 248 birds is critically uh, endangered number. So the most important thing is that we keep our current population safe. Up at Mangatauturi, what that will mean will be tracking these four birds to see how they cope in this new environment uh, the the vegetation's very different up north from what they're used to in the south, but we we are very confident that they'll adapt to that very well. What we're really curious about, though, is how they interact with that predator-proof fence. So that 47-kilometre fence is being built to keep predators out, but it wasn't built to keep kākāpō in. <laughs> so we've had to carry out some trials uh, down on the islands in the south to see how we can make sure that kākāpō can't escape the fence. They may not fly, but Mm. they're exceptionally good climbers. They can climb right into the canopy of huge trees. So that'll be really interesting to see. And this site, Mangatauturi, could be a really important stepping stone for us in terms of our longer-term goals. One of our more medium-term goals is to release kākāpō back onto Stewart Island or Rakiura, which is the island that they that this current population came from. At the moment, Stewart Island has cats, it has possums and rats, and so we have this predator-free 2050 movement, and there's a lot of technology development, a lot of research, a lot of work going in towards can we uh, eradicate these predators from la- large areas of New Zealand and bring our um, endemic wildlife back. And so Stewart Island is is one of these areas of focus, which is currently um, there's feasibility work being done right now to see if we can eradicate predators from Stewart Island. And when that is achieved, that would be a real game changer for us to be able to release Kākāpō back onto Stewart Island and they would be able to grow to much greater numbers there. Uh, And from there, we hope that that would be a stepping stone for transferring Kākāpō throughout New Zealand. And what is it about these birds that you love so much? Yeah, they're pretty special. I love watching people's reaction to kākāpō when they see them for the first time. People are often really surprised by how big they are. And they, you know, they're a parrot, so they've got that real intelligent uh, look. They're really sussing you out. You can tell there's a lot going on there um, (laughs) when they look at you. The birds themselves are just they smell gorgeous, uh, as I said, <laughs> and they are—they look gorgeous. But it's just their, yeah, their characters, uh, individual characters, and 
the characters of the birds themselves. So they, they live a long time. We don't actually know how long, um, 60, 70 years, possibly up to 100 years. Wow. Yeah. Holy. <laughs> so some of the birds that we're managing right now are the same birds that were found on Stewart Island in the 70s and 80s. And they're still going. You know, we've got a bird called Nora who we don't know how old she is. She was one of the founding birds from Stewart Island. And she had 40 years between clutches of chicks. Wow. You know, and that's pretty incredible. So that's one thing I really love about kākāpō is the sense of history you get when you work with these birds. And you feel like you're part of a, you know, you feel like you're carrying a baton from one generation to the next in this really long-term conservation program. Amazing. Well, Perhaps one day we'll be lucky enough to actually smell a kakapo. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. Deirdre Verko, Operations Manager for the New Zealand Department of Conservation's Kakapo and Takahi teams. To check out images of the kakapo, head to our website, sciencefriday.com.